Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Let's Sleep On It, Reclaiming Parenthood, the podcast. And I'm your host, Taylor Kulik, a sleep and well-being specialist and occupational therapist. My mission with this podcast is to examine the parenting narratives that dominate our culture and grow together as parents. Here, we will talk about biological infant sleep, as well as many other parenting-related topics. And you'll also hear real empowering journeys from parents who are parenting against the grain. I hope that you walk away from each episode feeling inspired, empowered, and supported. Please remember that none of the information shared in this podcast is medical advice, and you should always speak with a trusted healthcare provider if you have any concerns. Let's dive into today's episode. So I have been searching for a clean electrolyte company that I love for a really long time, and I just hadn't found anything that I liked, that I enjoyed the taste of, that I felt good about the ingredients, until I found Element. And I actually got a sample from somebody, and I was instantly hooked. They have really good flavors. They're actually tasty. Like, I enjoy drinking them, whereas other brands that I've tried in the past I really haven't enjoyed. And you can just put them straight into your water, um, and they're so good. So they have salt, magnesium, and potassium potassium in them. And a lot of people don't realize how important electrolytes are for true hydration. A lot of us are chugging water because we're being told that we need more water, but we don't, we're not drinking the electrolytes that we need to actually hydrate our bodies. And so Element is a great choice. They also make seasonal chocolate flavors that are really good as like a hot chocolate. And you can put them in your coffee if you want, or just with hot water and like milk or just plain. I like to drink them plain. I love Element. I have at least one pack a day. Electrolytes are so important, especially for pregnancy and breastfeeding. So if you're lacking your electrolytes, give Element a try. You can use my link, Drink Element. It's drinklmnt.com slash Taylor K. And you will get a free gift with your purchase, which is a sample pack. So you can try all of the flavors. Again, that's drinklmnt.com slash Taylor K. Hello, everyone. So this is going to be a super like informal episode, casual episode. Um, I was going to write a blog post or an email about my response to this New York Times article that just came out. It's called Inside the Booming Business of Cutting Babies' Tongues. And I was starting to write out my thoughts. And I've just, I just have so many thoughts and they're so like disorganized. And this is something I, I honestly don't want to spend a ton of time on like editing and trying to organize it um, in a Word document correct, like in the correct way. Like I just don't want to, I, I know that I would spend way too much time on it. So I decided to just come on here instead and quickly share some of my thoughts with you. Um, so it's not going to be super well organized, but I just want to talk about it. So this article, again, it's called Inside the Booming Business of Cutting Babies' Tongues. And I, I will link it in the show notes, but it's on New York Times. And it's basically um, a piece about, it, it focuses on a couple of different providers. One of the providers is a lactation consultant um, who touts tongue tie releases as a miracle, a miracle cure. It focuses on a lot of babies, parents, and babies that had really bad experiences, really negative experiences with getting phrenectomies, which is what the tongue tie release is called. Um, it basically talks about how all of these dentists and lactation consultants and 
providers are overdiagnosing tongue ties, and there's no real research to show that um, tongue ties really, really do anything negative. Um, like this is a quote from the article. It says, "In um, but many tongue ties are harmless, and the evidence that cutting them improves feeding is scant. And so then it just goes on to talk about how pediatricians are concerned with the, the rise in diagnosis of tongue ties, oral ties. Um, and so it's really interesting. They talk about a lot of stuff here. I would encourage you to just go read it, maybe just even skim through it if you're interested, um, especially just to give you context about what I'm going to share. So when I first read this, um, I woke up to this article and someone had sent it to me and someone had emailed it to me. And when I first read it, I just rolled my eyes immediately and I felt defensive because every once in a while, an article or podcast or something, some opinion from somebody circulates and um, it's about tongue ties and how tongue ties basically aren't real. A lot of this is very dismissive of tongue ties being problematic. And um, the emphasis is usually on the releases. And it's exhausting because tongue ties are very real. Um, and I have a probably a different opinion about the treatment of tongue ties than a lot of people do. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I do plan on talking about that, but it is frustrating to see these very one-sided articles that really cherry pick data because there is also data that shows that that releases can improve feeding outcomes. There is data that shows that tongue, how tongue ties and oral motor dysfunction can have long-term impacts on health. It doesn't just impact the mouth and the tongue and feeding. There are other things that it impacts. It can impact sleep, which is why I um, am such a big advocate for helping parents advocate for their children and get them support if they feel that their ch child has a, an oral tie. Um, so, that was my first instinct when I read the title of this article. And then I decided to read it. And I actually thought, I mean, this is a horribly written article, but there are some, there is some truth to some of what is in this article. And there are some concerns that are raised that are important to talk about that I have been trying to talk about for the last couple of years. And when I talk about these concerns with how tongue ties are often treat, uh, treated, I a lot of people misunderstand me. And so I do think that it's good that kind of the other side, some of the negatives are being shown in this article. But overall, I think this article is fear-mongering. I think it is very inflammatory and poorly written. It's very emotion-driven and fear-mongering. There's not a lot of data or science in here, and the very little bit of science and data they share is cherry-picked. They don't share the other side. Um, I spoke with somebody who reached out to me who was actually interviewed for this article, and she said, that it seems like the person who was interviewing her, the author, was very like pro the medical system and anti-tongue-tie um, anti release. So it's like she probably had this narrative, this agenda going into her interviews. And the person who was being interviewed who reached out to me, um, she had had experience with the particular lactation consultant that was focused on in this article. And she had a very negative experience with her. And so she was being interviewed about this, but she's not like anti-tongue tie release. And so she was giving this interviewer some other 
resources from um, skilled providers who are really knowledgeable about tongue ties, about how they can be helpful and, you know, the importance of body work and things like that. And she said that none of those resources were used in the article. None of those experts were interviewed or mentioned in the article. And she very likely didn't even look at those resources. So it was a very biased, one-sided article um, without really much fact. So the thing that I want to talk about, well, there's a few things that I want to talk about. But um, again, I do think that there are some some important points and concerns that are raised here. And one of the things, well, I think the biggest thing that kind of summarizes what I'm going to say about this is that oral ties and the treatment of oral ties, so whether they should be released or not, is very complex. And I find that a lot of people fall into one of two camps on this topic. They're either adamant that tongue ties are overdiagnosed and that releases haven't been proven to provide any benefit and can be more harmful than can cause more harm than good. So they're like just anti tongue tie release or they're like very pro tongue tie release and they're adamant that tongue ties are a huge issue that are impacting many many babies and that tongue tie releases are the treatment. It is the treatment, it is the the fix all for these babies, for these children. And, and tongue ties, adults can have tongue ties too, and adults get their tongue ties released as well. But just for the purposes of this article, um, I'm going to focus on babies. So here's just something to know. If you are working with a provider who falls into either one of these camps, so they basically completely dismiss tongue ties and tongue tie releases altogether and say it's a non-issue, there's no evidence for it, etc. Or it's a provider who is adamant that you need to get your baby has a tongue tie they definitely have a tongue tie and they need to get a release without trying anything else first that is not a provider who is well educated and well versed in how to effectively and holistically treat oral ties and i find this happening even with parents parents a lot of times are also falling into this trap of believing that there are only two sides to this, to release the tie or not to release the tie. One of the most common questions I get asked about oral ties is, are you for or against tongue tie release? Should I have my child's tongue tie released or not? And mind you, you know, keep in mind here that I'm not doing functional assessments on these babies. This is all virtual. People are messaging me on Instagram. I've never met their baby. I don't know their story. And they're asking me, my baby has a tongue tie. Should I get it released or not? Well, the answer is just not that simple. And nobody, nobody who is not functionally working with a baby who has done a functional assessment of that baby should be giving you advice about whether a release is necessary or not, because that is not how tongue ties work. And that is not how releases work. And so whether a child should have a tongue tie release is really multifactorial and there's no one size fits all answer or approach here. Now, this article, back to this article, um, again, it's very biased and one-sided, and it really only highlights bad outcomes from phrenectomies, um, from the releases, and then also the specific providers who operate very unethically, and they aggressively push parents toward releases without considering other factors, maybe without trying other holistic treatments first, like body work. And I think that this is a concern that does need attention because it's happening, and I've witnessed it happening. In fact, I, the main lactation consultant that's talked about in this article, I met her through my CFT training, my craniosacral fascial training, and I was very taken aback with how aggressive she was about oral releases, about how all babies who have tongue ties need oral releases. And I did witness her being very aggressive with parents because 
during this training, there was um, like two or three of the days, I can't remember, when we were working with infants, though, we actually had Ma, uh, parents come in with their newborns as volunteers to have us practice on them. And she was very aggressive saying this baby needs this baby needs a tongue tie release. And it was out of her scope of practice. She was a lactation consultant. She should not be diagnosing and she should not be telling parents they absolutely need to get their baby, had to have their, their baby need surgery. Um, and I was very taken aback by that. And so you know, apparently there's been more, there's controversy around her practice and this article now is about her. And um, I'm not, that's really all I know. I only know my very limited experience with her that I was taken aback. It did not sit right with me. Um, I even approached a parent who we were working together with this parent and she was very aggressive about this baby needing a tongue tie release. And I privately approached her after, like when we were alone and kind of, I tried to give her kind of the other side that there are risks to tongue tie releases and there's other things you can do first. Um, not every baby needs a tongue tie release, et cetera, because I just was not comfortable with how aggressive she was being with per, uh, pushing the procedure. And and then this this girl that had that reached out to me who was interviewed for this article, she also told me her story of working with this particular lactation consultant and how aggressive and pushy she was and um, it was just a really overall bad experience. And I've heard, I actually heard from a couple of other people message me as well that said this is a real issue. So why I'm highlighting this is not to like bash this, this lactation consultant. Um, but I think that it's important for parents to know that not all providers are equal when it comes to oral ties. Just because someone is a dentist does not mean that they are a good provider to adequately address oral ties. Just because somebody is a lactation consultant does not mean that they are a good provider to adequately address oral ties. Um, it is so important to know that because it is such a specialized area and it, they do exist. Tongue ties do exist. So one of the things that this article really um, has a slant towards is this idea that tongue ties are just overdiagnosed and um, it, it's kind of dismissive towards the idea of tongue ties. And tongue ties are real. Um, are tongue ties overdiagnosed? I don't really know. My guess is no. And the reason for that is because I know many parents, are their baby's symptoms are totally dismissed by their pediatrician. And I've worked with probably hundreds of parents or spoken with hundreds of parents who their baby did have a tongue tie um, that was that was negatively impacting their function. And they had to jump through hoops and see a handful of providers before they got an appropriate diagnosis and got the appropriate support that they needed. Um, so tongue ties are very real. Like let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. There are negatives, there are bad providers, there are providers who don't know enough to be, to be treating tongue ties. But that doesn't mean that tongue ties just aren't an issue. Tongue ties are an issue. And as somebody who often speaks about tongue ties and helps parents identify signs of tongue ties and, and tries to help them help refer them to providers who are knowledgeable about tongue ties who can help them, um, I'm going to keep talking about tongue ties as an issue because it, they do have the potential to impact function, to impact feeding, to impact sleep, to impact overall health and well-being. But the way that the medical system currently handles tongue ties is not adequate. It is not ideal. And the reason for this is that um, the medical system is 
really not focused on a root cause approach. It's really focused on quick fixes and addressing symptoms. And so it actually makes sense to me that when we are addressing oral ties within a medical system, that that's the focus of the medical system, that there are going to be problems with that. And so what I advocate for is a holistic, uh, whole body, systematic approach to addressing oral ties. Tongue tie releases, oral tie releases should never be the first approach. Many parents that have bad outcomes or their babies have bad outcomes or bad experiences with phrenectomies. A lot of times that's because their baby wasn't ready for that, that release. Um, their baby maybe needed body work prior to that release or their body baby needed um, therapy or rehab to help retrain their oral motor function, improve their oral motor, motor function prior to the release and after the release. So I, I just think it's really important for parents to know this. There are, there are many, not, I don't even want to say sides. It's just a really complex, complex topic. And, um, I think that this idea that like, okay, there's babies who are just getting the, the release, they have dentists or lactation consultants who are just very pro-release and don't really think about any of the other whole body factors that play a role in oral motor function and tongue ties. Um, these babies are having bad outcomes. And so the idea like with this article is that it's just these people are, everybody's preying on parents when it comes to oral ties and diagnosing oral ties. And really they're not an issue. is just not true. Are there some providers being unethical and pushing pushing phrenectomies when they shouldn't be. Yes. Are there a lot of providers who are really trying to do the right thing and really trying to support their these families and these babies holistically and not utilizing phrenectomies as a first approach, fix-all approach? Absolutely. There are so many great providers out there. The struggle is finding those good providers. Um, are there, you know, are there babies who have tongue ties and don't need a tongue tie release? Yes. Not every baby needs a tongue tie release if they have a tongue tie. And that's why it's so important to work with a provider who understands all of the, the, the multifactorial factors that play a role in this. So are they getting body work to, re to reduce whole body tension first before the tongue tie release? That is ideal. If babies can have that body work first, they can have craniosacral fascial therapy to release the fascial tension to even help see what is really going on in the tongue because sometimes if you start doing this the craniosacral fascial therapy and release that fascial tension in the entire body the tongue will relax a little bit and it will seem less tight and if you're doing the the oral the release prior to releasing that body tension or addressing that body tension then you might not even get a full release so it's just it's just tricky. And so what parents need to know is that the phrenectomy is only one piece of the puzzle. Is it always necessary? No. Is it never necessary? Also no. Some babies need the phrenectomy. So um, the phrenectomy is the release of the, the tie. And it can be oral ties. It can be buccal tie. It can be there's lip ties. Um, so it's not just tongue. But when you release the tongue, that is only addressing the anatomy. It is not addressing the function of the tongue.
And these babies have been in the womb and however long they've been out of the womb, because a lot of babies are not getting tongue ties immediately or tongue tie releases immediately, they're, they've developed these um, adaptive strategies, these coping mechanisms for their oral motor function to compensate for their tension, their tightness in the tongue. And so when we cut their tongue, it often does not improve things right away because they need rehab to retrain the muscles, to work on the other components of oral motor function. It is, so again, the phrenectomy is just one piece of the puzzle. It is just addressing the anatomy, but we need the other pieces to address the function. We need the other pieces to address the tension, the whole body tension. A lot of times there are other factors involved like musculature imbalances, um, there could be tone issues, there could be nervous system regulation issues. All of these factors play a role in the function of the tongue and how the baby is presenting with that tongue tie. And so if if babies, a lot of babies who go through and work with these holistic providers and have the body work and have the rehab, sometimes they end up improving with the body work and the rehab and they actually don't need the phrenectomy. And some babies go through the rehab and the body work and they still would really benefit from the phrenectomy. Sometimes there are emergent, more emergency situations where the baby is so tethered that they cannot nurse at all. And that's a situation where maybe we want to look at doing the release, um, doing a little bit of body work, but doing the release as soon as possible and then continuing on with body work um, to get that baby hopefully functional and, and feeding. But if your baby is feeding, there's really no emergency. There's really no rush. And we can go through the body work first to even see if they need that release. So I hope I'm making sense here. I know my thoughts are kind of all over the place. The point is, is that we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Tongue ties should not be dismissed. Tongue ties are very real. There is, there is evidence, there is research to show that there can be potential functional impact with tongue ties on feeding, on sleep, on other things like this. Um, and we just, we need to take into account the whole body system. And what's really difficult though, is that this is the medical system. And so of course the medical system's treatment of oral ties is not ideal because it is not a root cause approach. It is a quick fix approach that does not quick fix for most babies. It is not a quick fix. It is not a cure-all. And if you have a provider telling you it is, and not explaining the risks to you, then I would run. I would run from that provider. Um, I, my son had a phrenectomy when he was six weeks old and my daughter had an oral tie. My older daughter had an oral tie um, and she still does, but we didn't know. I didn't know about oral ties until before my younger son was born. And so she, hers never got addressed, but she was feeding fine. And, and she, I probably will never get her tongue tied in because she, it's not, doesn't seem right now to be functionally impacting her. But my son had a tongue tie release and I had a very bad experience. So I want families to hear, they, families should be hearing about both sides. Some parents say that it was a miracle for them when they had their baby's tongue tie released. It changed everything and it was an overnight improvement. And some families like me, everything got worse after the tongue tie release. So there are really many situations. There are many potential situations to this. And the reason that the phrenectomy did not work for my son and made things worse was because at the time, I did not understand the importance of having body work done 
before the procedure. We did have some body work done after the procedure, but we should have had body work done before the procedure. And he was feeding, he was latching. And so I should have waited, but I didn't know any better. And the dentist that I went to did not understand the importance of body work. And so she did not tell me that. Um, the lactation consultant I was working with also did not understand the importance of body work and did not tell me that. So I did the best that I could with the information I had at the time, but I sometimes do regret getting his tongue tie release. I wonder if things would look different for us right now, because as many of you know, we're still dealing with uh, mouth breathing and some oral motor dysfunction and airway restriction and all of that. And sometimes I do wonder, what if? What if I hadn't had that surgery because things really went downhill after that? What if I had waited? And would things be as bad as they are now? Would he? Would his airway restriction not be as bad? Um, I don't know. I don't know. And I just have to give myself grace because I did the best I can with the information I had. But parents have to know this. Parents have to know there's two sides and that not every baby needs a tongue tie procedure right away at least. Not every baby needs one at all. Um, some babies do benefit from it. So I think people people get really confused when I talk about this because they they I often find that they just can't understand my view. Um, when I mention tongue ties, like having your baby checked for tongue ties, the assumption is that I'm saying, have your babies checked for tongue ties and then get them released. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm encouraging parents to have their babies check for tongue ties, which are very real and can impact function, and then find a provider that you trust that is willing to support you holistically and not use a tongue tie release as a first approach um, and, and address it that way. Because tongue ties can be conservatively addressed, but it takes time and it's a process and it's not an overnight fix for a lot of babies. So that's really, I think that's really what, what I want to say with this. Um, I think that a lot of the babies that have really bad outcomes with phrenectomies are these babies that are there, the providers are utilizing the phrenectomy as a fix-all approach and they're not doing anything else. And then a lot of the babies that have success with tongue ties are these, these families that are working with really good holistic providers who are doing a combination of body work and therapy and the phrenectomy when the time is right, when it's appropriate, and they have a lot better outcomes. So I don't think that tongue ties are being overdiagnosed. I think that they might be underdiagnosed because a lot of doctors will just dismiss tongue tie as an issue at all. And this article only, um, only reinforces that with the medical community, that tongue ties are just a joke, basically. And that's a problem too, because I think, you know, this article, if it was, if the author really wanted to do something constructive here and help parents, she, she, I don't even know if it's a man or a woman who, who is it? Oh, there's multiple. There's three authors and they're all women. Um, the, I, I mean, it seems like the main point of this, this article is really to, highlight this really, this one lactation consultant and her practice that have, are problematic. Um, but I think that this article would have been really great if it had been a little less inflammatory, a little less emotional, um, had brought in some of those other experts and resources and studies that show that tongue ties can be an issue and that there are providers who are really helping parents holistically. And sometimes phrenectomy is a part of that puzzle. It's a tool but it's not the only tool. It's not a fix-all. Um, and instead, I think this article, you know, for people that read it, I think it will push them more towards this idea that tongue ties are a myth, that they don't 
do anything. And I think that's really a shame because we're a lot of us are trying to raise awareness about tongue ties and oral motor issues and airway restriction. And it's all kind of connected. And at, uh, from the medical community, we're getting dismissed and parents are getting dismissed. And and what we really need is to come together and, and think about we, how we can acknowledge that these are issues, but how can we adequately address them rather than just saying surgery is, is the way to go and it's going to fix everything because that's just not true. So um, yeah, that's those are kind of my thoughts. Um, I, it, it's really frustrating. What's really frustrating the most is that it is so hard for parents to find a provider that they can trust in this area because there are so many providers out there, dentists, lactation consultants, et cetera, who are doing the releases, but they're not, they're not working with body workers. They're not recommending, um, PTOT speech therapy, you know, there are PTOT and speech therapists who are, who specialize in oral motor function and tongue ties. And these therapists are cr a crucial part of the, the tongue tie process. And a lot of these providers are not working with them. They are not referring out to them. They are not referring out to body work. And it's just, it's a huge disservice to parents and babies. And so for parents, you know, I've been there, I am there at times, I feel for for us, I feel for parents because it's so hard to find somebody that will work with you holistically and really give your baby the help that they need um, without pushing you towards unnecessary treatments or or more, you know, towards surgery before your baby's ready when it might not help. Um, and that's a huge problem. And the other thing is that even if parents are advocating and are educating themselves and trying to find these providers, it's very expensive. It is very expensive to get these alternative rehabs and therapies and body works. And a lot of parents can't afford it. On top of, yes, like the phrenectomy also costs money, but the the rehab and the body work is an important piece of that. And it also adds up. Um, and so just all around, the system is broken. And I don't think we can really expect any more from from it because it is the medical system. And this is, this parallels the medical system in a lot of other areas. The medical system is not meant to find root causes and 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 actually fix, address problems at the root. It's not. Um, and so, you know, I've had to do a lot of reflection on this over the past couple of years because my views have changed so much and I've learned so much. Um, and my views have really fluctuated with new research and new opinions and new things that I've learned. And um, I just don't, ex I don't at this point really expect the medical system to adequately address tongue ties. I think that parents have to go outside of the medical system, use the medical system as needed, but also be working with those holistic providers. Um, and it is hard. It is hard. And I don't have an answer or a solution for parents because it, you know, there are some areas of the country, some areas of the world where you can't find anyone to really adequately address this. A lot of places in the world, you can't even find a provider who will acknowledge tongue ties and do the surgery, even if you wanted the surgery for your child. Um, so it's hard. And I empathize with you if you're going through this. I've been through it. Um, it's frustrating and it's really, really difficult. Um, if you want more information on oral ties, mouth breathing, that kind of thing, I have multiple podcast episodes about it. I've interviewed some of those professionals who specialize in this area, um, PTs, speech therapists, et cetera. Um, and then I have a highlight called mouth breathing, a highlight called tongue tie. So I would highly recommend giving those a listen and a watch through as well. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe and leave a review if you feel called to. It really helps our message reach more parents. You can also follow me on Instagram at Taylor Kulik for similar content or visit my website at www.taylorkulik.com. I offer online courses where we really dive into infant and toddler sleep holistically. And we also offer one-to-one holistic sleep support services if you're looking to improve your child's sleep or shift patterns without sleep training. If you know a parent who would benefit from this podcast, please share. And if you'd like to financially support this podcast to allow me to create more episodes more often, you can visit anchor.fm slash Taylor I hope you'll join me next time.